0: back dark side of dino fans here we are again for another episode of the dark side of dino and recently we've been uh diving into the topic of exorcism here we are at the third stage of exorcism i'm your host tim and i'm here with my co-host jb are you there tonight you there jb
1: what's going
0: on man Uh, not much not much we're back for the uh Third stage of uh, exorcism, uh, obsession stage. So we'll get into that here after this quick little hymn. Well, obsession here. This is uh, straight out of the Ed and Lorraine case files here. It is described as uh, from one of their cases. Um, It says here, Ed and Lorraine forgot, despite their mistake in this work, is still a great source of information. I've seen some in this stage. It was Aria. She could hardly function. Aria walked like she was drunk or high all the time. The entity encouraged reckless behavior. Her grades became awful. Reasoning with her was difficult. Even in all her hobbies were connected to the negative entity. The evil spirit targeting her was telepathically communicating to her constantly. She had no breaks. It's difficult to communicate with someone who can't think on their own. Arya felt warm all the time and was consistently sweating despite the air condition being on full blast. Arya told me some of the things that it told her. I don't want to repeat them. They were clearly thoughts from hell. She mistakenly thought some of them were her own thoughts. The evil spirit that stalked her also told me similar things that Arya heard. It was horrible. Evil entities like this use classical conditioning to train victims to bend their will. The entity took home in her life obsessively, hence why the stage is known as obsession. The evil spirit impersonated many positive ones when it communicated with Arya. She believed, even though... Its words and actions were cruel, but like any abusive relationship, it happened over time. The entity didn't act evil to her at first. It slowly let its true nature shine so she wouldn't notice. I try to reason with her, but it's hard to reason with someone who is brainwashed and can't think alone. In the end, I had to let her go from my own safety. I had Archangel Michael cut ties between Arya and me... And that's what was tragic at the end of it all. I am saddened to learn this lesson. Straight from the Ed and Rain case files. What did you think of that, JB?
1: Well, I mean, like the name, Session and it's I would think that it's a, a, a stage where people have a hard time dysfunctioning. Being able to do their normal day to day things, you know, and being constantly preoccupied with, you know, thoughts and things that are always going on around, around them, you know. And you just you get preoccupied with stuff real easy. And I would say frequently having thoughts of suicide and things like that would also be, you know, like commonplace. A common place for it too. And then like the lack of sleep, and I think that it just piles up to get to that stage. You know, if if you're going through a mental roller coaster all of the time, it, it it is really easy to get preoccupied with stuff. And I mean a lot of that stuff that I just said, it's people go through that in normal life, but it's, it's the rapidness of which that it happens that, you know, I think that it's it's different.
0: Yeah, I imagine that like everyday like tasks would become difficult if you have some like echoing in your head of some something you know, telling you constantly that, you know, you're worthless or this and that, whatever it says to her. I don't even think you could brush your teeth without wanting to freak out.
1: Right. You know, and I think at that point the mind becomes like a war zone. Hmm. I wonder. You
0: know? I wonder how many like suicide cases could be attributed to like possession, because it seems like, you know, most like normal people wouldn't even consider that as an option unless something was telling them otherwise.
1: Well, yeah, you know, and it's that, that feeling that you can't control it. You know, that's something that normally you would never do. And then all of a sudden you're having thoughts of it. And I think some of it, <clears throat> you know, we've talked about in other shows that, um, they do psychological things, uh, not psychological that you go through, uh, you know, psychiatric care. I think a lot of the medicines, when they say that you know one of the side effects is, you know, suicide. It, at that point, you're not you can't control it. hmm And if you can't control the thoughts, it's can you imagine how low you would have to be to have that type of, you know, thought or even carry out the act? Right. And it it's not normally something that you know most people would be able to go through. And there's plenty of cases that people you would have never guessed or suicidal, end up committing suicide. You know, Robin Williams, you know, I think <laughs> there's a lot of layers on that one that you can fill back.
0: Yeah, I wonder if our, our thoughts run wild, like when we're sleeping, and that's what kind of leads to uh, dreams, because, you know, our dreams seem to come out of nowhere, and, you know, sometimes they're associated with, like, what happened in your day, but it seems almost seems like your thoughts running wild at night while you're sleeping.
1: Right. It, it leads to depression, you know, heaviness, rejection issues. You're always thinking that people, you know, can reject you socially and get the anxiety with it. You know, you, you're relentless on yourself, like beating yourself up you know, and not forgiving things that you're doing. You know, you know a disappointment, a loneliness, you know, depression again. Like that's That's a big one. And then you start to self-destruct. And then I think as soon as you start to experience all those signs in succession, that's when suicide becomes real, real prevalent, you know. And according to a lot of stuff that I've read and heard and talked to priests about, it's, you know, those are potential signs um, of any activity or presence that, you know, may be demonic at that stage. Yeah, depression, so,
0: feelings of hopelessness—you know, something's t- like constantly ringing between your ears could definitely lead you towards a, an outcome like that. Right, or you know,
1: oh, you never—you're you're anxious all the time, you know. And I, I can identify the, that feeling because I do get anxious all the time for nothing, you know, and it, it's. And is that what leads
0: towards like the buildup of like activity in your house? You start getting anxious and nervous and then things start happening or is it just, it's there, it's quiet. And then like later on things start to occur.
1: It's, I would say when I start to have real weird feelings or, you know, desires for stuff that are odd. Um, I think anybody that's watched the videos can tell that, i can't control my mouth you know i don't have a filter you know and i i can't control it to that sense like i can't tame myself uh from you know lashing out at people and from one of the you know priests that i have had the opportunity to talk to you know as he described to me that that's the sudden outburst and stuff like that or you know, uncontrollable burst of rage that I'll go through when I'm I'm on, you know, podcast or, you know, even with the videos, like I'll cuss and I just I can't control it at that point. Like I I, I cuss more frequently when I'm going through that kind of stuff, and you know, it, it's increasingly noticeable when I'm I'm leading up to that. Like I can I can step back and be like, okay, I, I'm getting a little you know amped up here for no reason and uh you know when i'm i'm just sporting out cuss words or lighting people up on my teams <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it's you know that priest directly watched all my content and he said the same thing he's like you have a real problem on controlling what you say right yeah. Obviously. and obviously
0: I, I have videos to prove that and obviously don't know it's not know like-
1: something or
0: it's not like Tourette's or anything like that. You've never been diagnosed with like Tourette's where that's just uncontrollable thoughts spilling out.
1: No, I just thought it was because I was an asshole.
0: <laughs> yeah. We all have a little bit in the, of that and that's for sure. But you know, right. Well, I, not I have all no problem. Are,
1: I don't no. hold back. i do not sugarcoat it for anybody.
0: Not all of us go through the things that you're going through either at the intensity you're experiencing it either.
1: No. well, I mean,
0: so where does it go from there so where does it go from Um, there do you find that that's very similar with the obsession like category as far as uh, you know oppression being the third stage of uh, demonic possession
1: uh, I would say definitely idea. I I think a lot of the things that we associate with Possession and that kind of stuff is just categorically placed in order. And I don't, I don't honestly think that it happens like that. I, again, this is, this is based off of hundreds of thousands of people saying that it's demonic or whatever that has only opened up my eyes to this type of stuff. Okay. And I think that if you're suffering from any type of mental illness at all, a lot of these symptoms ring true. So I don't know. Like I said, it's, do I hear voices all the time in my house, but I'm not the only one that hears them, you know, and I think we all go through periods of time where we're, you know, going down and out and, you know, there's it's just times that you don't feel like doing anything, you know, but when it becomes an issue or you're having problems going to work or you fall into, you know, major depression and going through financial issues, I, I, I don't think you can always say, Oh my God, I'm getting possessed. Like, I think that that would be, kind of a cliche and a way out, if that makes sense. So I you know, I, I think that, you know, identifying clearly in stages of how it's supposed to go is too scripted. I'm sorry, but I don't think that it I think it's a jambalaya of all these underlying issues that you have. And again, like we've talked in other places, I I think that a lot of it you you materialize inside your head, you think about it non stop over and over. You know, and you've you've heard things people being able to manifest their own destiny because that's they they talk about it, they dream about it, they they go through it all the time, and then eventually it becomes true. Like if you if you put your mind to anything, they so said that you can accomplish it. I think that that's very very real in the sense that if you read stuff like this or you you know drink the whole bottle of Kool Aid, I mean, if you go looking for something hard enough, you're going to find it, right?
0: Absolutely
1: so I think that it, it puts you in a different mindset and you can take one way or another. There's no you know, straight path for this type of stuff. I believe like it's either one road or the other, you take a right or a left. And depending on which road you're traveling on at that specific time, it dictates what happens, you know, and like I said, in my, my case specifically, I've, I've been able to identify those roads. But even then it's it's just controlling the small things, you know, and I, I really believe that there there's no there's no set path for something like this. I, I just think that it's itemized and uh, to put it into uh a, a bullet point. I, I just I don't I don't see that.
0: Yeah, and there's like a difference between like uh some but something else controlling like your habits Like all of us have had those moments where you're not like, I don't want to go to work today, but it's kind of, you know, you're telling yourself this in your own voice and that's not the case with like possession. Something else is controlling, you know, your habits as far as, you know, the drive to do things.
1: Right. And have you ever had something happen where you're like, Holy shit, that that is something I would never normally do. How did that happen? Hmm. You, You can't control it. Yeah. I mean, we've all had that time in life but when it happens like you know when you have problems saying oh i'm just going to ditch work today knowing that that's another day's pay that you're not going to be able to have so when you start to miss consecutive days you know then it leads into financial problems which leads into depression which leads into a you know it's like a a snowball and that's what happens with real life with anybody but is it is it out of your character to do that? And maybe that's when you start needing to like really step on back and say, oh, okay, you know, this, this is not normal for me, and it's, it's not me, you know, that's, that's doing this mentally. Yeah, and it's that, like a vicious I think, cycle. I think it leads right back into that mental struggle, and if you don't try to combat that in some sort, you know, I absolutely think that if there is something demonic around you, that's, that's the perfect time. You have to be, you know, your guard's down, right? hmm
0: it's like a vicious cycle, like you said, you know, one day's work can snowball into, you know, a week or 10 days. And then you just get into, you know, a a cycle that you can't break. And it's just deeper and deeper into depression at that point.
1: Right. And then, you know, you start to lash out at everyone.
0: (laughs) Right. The hardest thing to do is accept responsibility for your own, you know, failures. It's so easy these days to point to somebody else or something else or, you know, some some other factor for your own failures and say that that's the reason for it rather than looking at yourself in the mirror.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think there's a lot to be said with that, Mm -hmm. you know, and. I think that a lot of people that go through these stages, you know, that are from religious family, I, I just, if you're acting a fool and you don't come from a family or you don't come from, you know, people that are surrounding you that are religious and, you know, can't identifying stuff like that, it's, it's basically like a false religion, i believe, you know, and that opens you up to demonic stuff because a lot of these people that I've read about that, you know, go through exorcisms, they're from a very, you know, devoted faith. They, they're, devoted to it i think that that sort of thing is how you and you open he, yourself up to that you know the words of jesus you know i am the way and the truth and the life really think about that of john something
0: yeah it seems just, to be synonymous like possession with like real religious families but 'Cause you know, like religion is all about like structure and discipline and it's easy for like a youthful person to want to rebel against that and open themselves up to possible, you know, possession in an act of defiance, essentially.
1: Right. And it just seems convenient that the you know, the demonic entity really attacks those sorts. You know, I I don't have any proof on the table of what type of people are open up to this type of stuff it's again when we were talking about the doorways you know maybe a doorway is your developed you know sense of life it it might be and then if if that's the case then you know there's there's bullet points and stuff that you know that they can give you to go through that to lead it out if you're just having a a mental you know disorder but again the types of people that would come in to perform an exorcism I just I think that you have to be open to that. I've said that like you, the only way it's going to work is if you you have that sense of religion and you're open to that type of stuff because again it's it's very controversial. This whole thing is controversial, and uh I wonder how many cases that you know come across this. you know it just seems like <sighs> the best way I could put it is it seems like. They take mental illness and signs of that and then they pull out the one percent that, you know, are, are real demonic possessions. You know, if it's even one percent. Because if they said that this demonic stuff is so smart and intelligent, then don't you think that to preserve itself and, you know, taking over you it would hide that as a mental disorder? Or does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. It definitely wants to conceal the truth any way it can. That way uh, it has a complete and total reign.
1: Right. And I think that a lot of these psychotic meds um, might numb that, which would leave that door open.
0: Mm-hmm. I would attribute like the early stages of possession almost like you know, you're know, you dating somebody new because like in the beginning you're talking nice, you're making compliments, you're telling them what they want to hear. Because you hope to you know, date this person long term. It must be the same thing with like demonic possession. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to compliment you. They're going to do anything or say anything that they can to earn your trust. And that's how they, they get a foothold.
1: Right. And I wonder how many people slip through the cracks. Because <clears throat> if it's really trying to possess you and take over you, it's doing it for a reason. And I wouldn't imagine that it's trying to let you go.
0: And then once it's got like a, it's, it's hooks into you, of course, it's going to intensify and you know, the, the honeymoon stage, so to speak is over at that point and things are just going to go South faster than you could imagine.
1: Right. And just think of how many people that are out there that have been prescribed because they missed it. Wouldn't that be the case more often?
0: Oh, absolutely. It seems like anything in this day and age, like the quick fix is, Oh, here's some medication. You know, they don't it doesn't seem like there's a deep dive into like your condition or any kind of research that's ever done. It's just like, oh, here, take this and let me know how you feel in the next couple of days.
1: Right. Or they just keep you doped up.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of the, the drugs out there are just going to mask the, the symptoms rather than cure them. And it's just like you never really get better. You're just in a constant state of like coma, almost like a drug induced
1: coma. Oh, that's exactly what it is, and that's that's when it becomes mentally strained because you can mask it with medicine and stuff like that, but then you know you internalize it, and then it becomes an internal warfare
0: That's how a lot of people I, get hooked on pain pills because it's like pain pills aren't there to cure anything, they're just there to like dull the pain. It's like until you address the problem, you're never going to be free of you know that medication which turns into an addiction over a long period of time.
1: Right, and that would lead into compulsive behavior, would you think. Right. You know, or you know, these people, I've seen and heard a lot of stories of, you know, people who are sick a lot, you know, be subject to a demonic presence. So, you know, they're going along happy and fine, and then they start, you know, acting out, you know. they're They're always related to being real sick.
0: Yeah, and it seems like, you know, I don't think the human species has really found the, the middle ground to, like, identify problems. seems like today it's more complacent, you know, take two pills, call me in the morning kind of thing with no investigation. And then, you know, back in the 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 Salem witch trials, they thought everybody was a witch without doing any investigation. So it kind of, you know, the pendulum has swung in both extreme, extreme ends. And then, you know, it's like, where's the middle ground to where we can actually you know, approach and solve the problem.
1: Yeah. And again, it's you're walking that fine line of mental stability. And I just, I think it's some of these, it's, I would like to say it's kind of like signs of going manic. If you're like bipolar, you have manic episodes. It's, it's the same feeling. I would imagine. I mean, just from what I go through, you know, when I have an experience, it's almost like a manic episode. You don't know what's happening until it's right in front of you, and half the time you're you're clear-eyed to it. And you you see the stuff, and you immediately jump on the guard with it.
0: Well, maybe you should dive a little bit into like you know what 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 leads to your manic episodes, because somebody for people out there that are listening to this that may not have any kind of experience with you know manic episodes. They might be able to identify it later on in life if you go into some detail.
1: Uh, again, that's facing that kind of stuff. It's first you got to accept that you have it. You know, and I'm one of the rare bipolar people that take their meds. Okay. And I have a hard time concentrating as it is. My mind's going a hundred miles an hour all the time has since I could remember, you know, my entire life, I've struggled with it. You know, I've lashed out at people. I mean, I know something's off, and I have known for a while. And it wasn't until later in my life that, you know, it started becoming more apparent that it wasn't just my head. You know, it, was, it wasn't just me. You know, and I, I did have moments in my life. So, all my life, I'm 40 years old, and to this day, I have moments where I can't control stuff or... You know, I have to remind myself that the things that I'm hearing and seeing and doing, is it's not me, you know, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to fight to keep that roller coaster from going up and down and up and down, you know, and once you can identify it and you know that, you know, the medicines, your floaties and it helps you balance out, you know, I think the more effective my medicines at times, the more experiences I have because my guard's completely down. I always get caught off guard by it. It's <clears throat> people ask a lot of times, can I sense it? Like I I know specific instances that leading up to me having an experience <clears throat> that's not normal or paranormal, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's different every time, and then there's sometimes it's consistent. But uh, it, I would say that I go through that emotional roller coaster for a while, and then you know I'll balance out, change my diet, you know. You gotta have your blood work drawn all because that that will help you identify what you're lacking in your body because if you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, it's very important that you get sleep that you you know constantly know if you have vitamin deficiencies stuff like that it can affect mental health so I have a problem with testosterone and vitamin D for whatever reason I've always struggled to have that so you know once I get back on my vitamin D medicine plus I take my you know I need stabilizers. The medicine I take right now is Lamictal, and it's basically made for seizures. And I didn't have seizures until I got in that bad car accident. You know, if you if you haven't seen the photo, there's a photo on our YouTube page that has a picture of my BMW that I smashed in the back of the lady and I hit the driver's. And I hit the driver at over 75 miles an hour, and I hit my head hard um, enough to you know lose complete sight in one eye. It's just like a buzz. And, you know.
0: Yeah, and people to this day still say that in that picture they see some kind of dark entity sitting in that vehicle, like in the back seat. They still claim that to this day.
1: The hardest part about that is, I felt this feeling that came over me afterwards like, oh, just checked you, <laughs> you know, cause literally it happened within a split second. There was no tire marks. I hit her head on. She just jumped into my lane, slammed on her brakes and tried to get back over. And by that time it was just, it was that quick. Yeah, and I, I just got this overwhelming feeling of like just sitting in my car and shaking and looking at everything all over the place. And it was just like, this overwhelming feeling like, oh, my God, it's something that, that wasn't supposed to happen. That's not normal. And that day prior, you know, I, I shrugged off leading up to that accident. A lot of things had happened. And, you know, I didn't give it any attention. You know, I didn't cuss at it or scream at it or get upset in any way. I just would cover my head and go to sleep. And then I would drug myself. Mm-hmm. But that, the lamictal, I would say, going back to that, we kind of got off on a tangent. It's, it's meant to balance my mood. Okay. And then I take an anxiety pill because the lamictal only helps balance out, you know, that part of your brain. But when I've noticed that I'm getting out of whack with my feelings, I, I definitely notice a heightened sense and, you know, more activity. So, I know that the medicine isn't working at that point and i started out at 50 milligrams and now i'm up to 300. so i i have to consistently get my blood taken because depending on what's mentally going on with me there's only so much that little pill can do so I, mean, I start numbing it with you know uh, a controlled substance it's um it's kind of like xanax um, it's called uh Lamictal and Lamotrigine. Um, it's basically, it's, it's, it's a benzo. Okay. And once my levels start to balance out, I stop to really notice. And then that's, that's when the major events happen. And then I notice after that, all of my levels get out of whack. It, it really is. And it's, that's the best way I can describe a manicuring during any type of that activity that I've ever experienced. And, I'm constantly cautious of that. I don't know if it's just me. Like I'm convinced that my case is a lot different than most others that I've ever read about or heard about. Um, And I've been able to balance that outlook. When I get perfectly balanced, it will do something to to throw that out of whack. You know, and then I'll I'll stop taking my vitamin D or I won't do my testosterone or, you know, I'll skip taking my anxiety meds because I don't really have any. And then, you know, it's like I can never get that balance, especially when I have experiences like that. It, if that makes sense, it's hard for me to explain how it feels to have a manic episode and then to try to. It's very similar of when I hit lows. I have you know mild, you know experiences, but when I let my lar- you know my guard down, it's just really hard for me to explain. It's It never comes at the same time. But I know when I do have an experience that it throws me way off black. So you just find
0: yourself like floating in this kind of like chemical coma and then everything intensifies around you. Are you like seeing it in real time or is it kind of like slowed down or anything like that?
1: It's more like a feeling. You know, it's it's just like having a manic episode. You, You don't know when it's coming and you don't know why. It just does. And there's times, man, I feel great. Everything is going good. There's no negativity. I've been able to block everything out. I'm, you know, losing weight. Uh, you know, I, I feel good. I eat a meal and feel satisfied. And that's another thing that's really odd about it. And I don't know if it's because of medicine, like my appetite is all over the place. I'll go weeks, sometimes months with, you know, being able to at least bring my weight down. And all of a sudden, boom, it shoots right back up. And it's usually when I get depressed or whatever that I have to call a psychiatrist and say, hey, I'm gaining weight. I'm doing this. And then it's a constant tweak and twitch. And, you know, we're going to move this piece over here. We're going to do that. That doesn't always work, man. You know? And I think that I, I'm so convinced that these medicines are going to help me all the time that it, it, it actually does happen. You know, it does help me. I think the majority of it's just how I can see in my head because if I think it's not going to work or I don't believe that, you know, it's going to help me, it doesn't. Well,
0: that's good that other people have heard like the voices in your house. Cause I can't think of a better way to make somebody think that they're crazy other than, you know, thinking that you're, you're the only person hearing these voices and that, you know, that would mess me up. I think I was going off my rocker.
1: Well, it's funny to see how other people handle it too. It's, and I, w- I shouldn't say funny, it's, it's always an experience to watch somebody else go through it.
0: Yeah, and that skeptic and think, to believer video, you know, they, uh, yeah. they, they change their opinion real fast in that video, and you can see it progressing from, you know, laughing and having a good time to, oh, shit, this is not good.
1: And the whole setup for that, that entire video, was very hard to capture that, because when I'm starting to have experiences Is how I, you know, told these two that they could come in. Okay. They called me out on it, and I said, okay, they wanted to come in and do a little (laughs) investigating. It's it's just to get an experience. There's nothing investigative about it, other than to make a video. So, I specifically told them it may not be today. It may not be this month. When I start to have, you know, a consistent string of things happen, not just a bump. Or something being out of place. When I'm I'm genuinely feeling the intensity of that. Doors slamming. I can see stuff and stuff peeking around at me. Like it, it's definitely noticeable when I go through stuff. And I told them once there was a day that I have and I, I'm going through something consistently. I'll let you guys know. And then I'll I'll have you over that night because it's been consistent. You know they could have came over on a random night because it's not every day. You know, and if they come over and be like, oh, okay, well, you know, nothing fucking happened or whatever, that, that's going to happen. But when I'm physically experiencing it, I know for a fact that other people can too. And that took a long time to internalize. So when I had them over, I had been going through a lot of shit that night. And it was like, all right, fuck it, let's just have them over and see what they do. If, if you could have been in that room, the video doesn't show. You could cut the air. It was so thick in there. And the. I could feel their their stress and their anxiousness. Like I could feel it. Like it it, it was fucked up. Man. And then I felt bad about it. Like, fuck! What did they do to these poor kids? And you know, after it all happened, they're like, we walked through the whole house. There's no way anybody got in or out. And there's we had nothing to gain. Like, if anything, we want to prove you wrong so we can have a viral video. And when they left, they left in a hurry. And just seeing their face and the one Devin had his hands on his head and he was just staring. <laughs> he was white as a ghost, pale white. Like when you see somebody get seasickness, <laughs> that's how he had described it. He was like, I felt like I was going to throw up. He's like, I was so scared it made me sick. Now imagine that on a day-to-day, you know, you, you always have that feeling. And I, like I've said before, it, it scares you to the point where you get ill.
0: People need to know that this kind of stuff is not for beginners or novices. You know, you go playing with this stuff, it could really turn ugly real fast for you.
1: It does. You know, and I, I wouldn't say everyone sees something else in the video. And, you know, the stuff that's obvious to us in the video isn't so often obvious. Like, you remember that shirt that some people said was white, and then other people were like, "No, that's gray or blue." Right. It's like that. I think we all see it differently based off of
0: kind of like the ink, ink blot test, where people see different things in ink blots. That's why they give you exactly. That mm-hmm. and they they. The funny thing is, like Crowder was saying, that uh, they gave that to Nick DiPaolo and all he sees is vaginas in there. So, you
1: know, it's kind of funny.
0: (laughs) You said something a minute ago about how, like, everybody uh, in the room started getting anxious and all that. I wonder if, like, the collective anxiety could lead to more intense activity.
1: I would say it feeds off of it for sure, just like I said in that video, I'm tired that's I would rather battle it alone because when you bring the type of attention that my videos get, bro it's horrible the shit I have to go through for periods of time horrible you know and when I listen to these podcasts after we post them it's like. You can physically, or you can listen with your own ears. I'm all over the place sometimes. Like, there's so many things that run through my head trying to explain it. It's like I'm anxious right now just talking about it. And when I get anxious, and boom, the door will slam shut on me. Or the lights will start to flicker. Like, I've literally had a movie scenario where the lights would start to flicker when I would go down the hallway towards my bathroom. And it would follow me down the hallway. And it's just, it's the weirdest thing. The light could be on in my bedroom bathroom. Nothing flickers. The moment I go in there, it's like, <laughs> you know, and it, it's light and dark and light and dark. You know how scary that is? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just little things like that build up over an amount of time. And it's that fear. That it's like, all right, I got them on this level. How can I do it again? Because there's a lot of times, like I said before, I don't even give it any... No, how no mind. I completely ignore it until it makes me pay attention to it.
0: And it probably doesn't help that you're all alone at night sometimes because, you know, the wife's working late or on a different shift, so that probably doesn't uh, help the situation very much.
1: No. And that's where the, you know, see, and you can relate everything that I experienced to a, a logical explanation. When you're married, and you work opposite shifts, like, I'll work day, she'll work night. You have those periods where you're alone. My wife works all around the country, so when she leaves, obviously with my own job, I can't go with her everywhere she goes. And not only that, that's, that's not a good practice, you know? You, you don't go up each other's ass all the time, and you know, that's me that's and, and super dependent. Like, I find myself more dependent on how I can survive being alone and it's, it's a rush. It's a rush. Like the other night, for example, I, I'm sitting at the, the couch, okay? And I hear commotion upstairs, like running back and forth, like loud bangs, like boom! To where it literally sounds like somebody jumped off the roof and landed on the floor upstairs. Like a substantial fall, a hard bang, and it's bang, 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 bang. bang. Well, I heard that. So I grab my phone, okay, and I, I'm, I'm very, I I tip-toe. it's like I'm walking on eggshells when I'm having this experience, and I'm, I'm pointing my camera up the hallway, and I heard a, a noise like right behind me, and I look over in my fucking coffee table, and it is on wheels, it goes flying towards the front door, well, there's no reason that should have happened, and the, I, you can literally see it go across the room and your, your initial instinct is, is like okay I, I need to get somebody else to see this how I do because when I record that and then I go over to like the door video there's nothing on that door there's no string there's no nothing and to be able to share it with somebody who can look at it and be like holy fuck man like, that's not in your head that's why I post the videos it's, it's not to get attention. I, I didn't post any of these videos anyway. The video you've seen in my old house, this is the third place. The first house that I have recordings in with the shower curtain and, you know, um, the footsteps running down the stairs at me, the, the door opening and closing. I did that, and you can hear me say it. See, Steve, I fucking told you. I fucking told you. There's nothing on the door. And that door had done it a number of times. Do you know how many times I sat there waiting for that fucking door to open and nothing would happen? And then, boom, when I'm not looking for it, there it goes. It would open up right in front of me. And, like, with some stank on it, you know, like, the fucking door would fly open. Well, there was one time the pantry door is literally right behind the bedroom door. So when you open up the, bed, or the basement door, which was my room, It literally touched the wall behind it, and there was a a glass door there for the pantry. We replaced that door four times because it would fly open so hard, it would hit that handle right on the glass, and it would fucking shatter. Well, Steve's looking at me like, what the fuck is happening? Like, seriously, you can't open a door normally, and then that was after the first time that it broke. And then there was another time we were sitting in the the man room, and um, the man cave or whatever, we had a TV and stuff in there, and that's reclining couch. It was where we went to relax because we were both single. We were dating other women, like we weren't looking for anything serious. So we were sitting in that that main room, and that fucking door went flying open, flying open, and it smashed into that door, and it broke the fucking glass again. And Steve looked over at me, and I looked at him, and that was when I was like, all right, well, you know. Fuck dude. And then he he just brushed it off like no big deal. Maybe it was just the wind. So we went downstairs. All of my bedroom windows were closed and they're small. They weren't recessed windows. And you know, I didn't really know the term recessed window until we were looking it up. It's where you dig out and around and you know that's that's code in Colorado now. These weren't up to code. It was an old farmhouse. So those windows would have had to been wide open. And even then, there wasn't enough wind pressure that could open that door like that. The door was shut. The little thing went in the hole at the door to latch it in. That fucking door was shut to the point where we would put chairs in front of that fucking door and it would push the chair out of the way. And that's how it started. You know, and when I got that video, I was so excited to be like, see Steve, now we can show somebody in fucking boom, you know, we're not nuts. We're not going nuts. You know, and he just chalked it up like, oh, it's just in our head. It's like the fucking door just broke the glass. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck? And it would shoot this fucking chair across the dining room. Like literally, it would, it would come open with such force that would spit that chair out and it would go sliding across the floor. Sometimes it would fall over. Sometimes it would just slide it to the point where it stayed on all four legs and just moved all the way across the room. What do you do at that point? You start questioning you know, your sanity, I would imagine. You start to yeah. you question everything. Mm-hmm. And that somebody else went through it. You know, that's, that's even better. And the fact that you have it on video. That's seeing is believing in my appearance. You know, it, it, it really is. I, I still don't buy into this whole alien bullshit. You know, even though the government and people have come out and said, yes, these are definitely real. That asshole inside of me is like these guys are full of shit you know and that's just because i haven't had an experience it, it wasn't you know and that's how steve and me looked at it like what the fuck is this there's there's got to be a reason this door's flying open like this and we we worked for every fucking reason and when i caught it on camera that's when everything changed
0: right and you had said that you know with your job and you obviously can't travel with your wife all the time you know a lot of people have said that this activity or entity is tied to you it's like you know almost like she needs a break and if you were to go with her it would just be continuing the chaos so i can see where you know you wouldn't always want to go with her just so she could get a break from that shit
1: you said it i i abundantly respect and love her to death because she's never had really an experience like that Yeah, nobody has. So when you you see your husband's videos online, it 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 affects her to leave me at home. She does not like to leave me alone. Because there's there's been some times, man, where I was on the phone and it felt like somebody pushed me down the fucking stairs. And I went face first into the the bottom landing. Face fucking first. And I swear it felt like somebody put two hands on my back and then shoved me. Like, you know, like, I don't know, you played football. The best bet is, is when somebody takes a, a fucking cheat shot at you in football from behind, your head snaps back. You know, you, that force has to hit your body with enough, to your head just fucking snaps back, and then you go falling down. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a blindsided hit. And that's, that's what happened. You know, and I don't ever really get into it too much with a lot of people. It's just because I feel like it's, oh, okay, this is too much. But, you know, the whole point of this podcast is for me to lay it out. So when people ask, you know, has it ever, you know, scratch you or affect you, yeah. You know, when I'm four steps down on, you know, 18 stairs to get to my bottom level, the main level of my house, and I go flying down face first into the fucking, the wall, that's not something I would do and I didn't slip, you know, I'm, I'm firm in my, you know, stance, and it just, my head goes flying back and the next thing you know, I'm picking myself up like what the fuck happened? And I still feel it on my back almost. It's like I, something touched me and threw me down the fucking stairs and thank God I'm a big guy with a big, sick skull, you know, cause it, the way I hit the wall, you know, I remember putting my hands out and then like I pushed up and face first into the wall. Just like there, there was no, there was no putting my hands up to brace myself, you know, from hitting the wall head on. You know, I remember putting my hands down on the stairs and throwing myself fall, but I can undeniably tell you something shoved me. And then I freaked out and called, made phone calls. Like, and that, that does help me for a sense. Like, the moment I pick up the phone and reach out, it's like, boom, it stops. And then when it's just me and it, it's like, god damn it. You know, something pushed me down the stairs the other day, or you wake up and your fucking blanket's in the corner of the room. <laughs> you can't kick the fucking blankets off. I have a down pillow um, top fucking blanket, a duvet or whatever it's called. It's not light, you know, and I've found my covers ripped down, you know, torn sometimes on the sheets. So I don't even sleep with a sheet anymore. I put the sheet over the mattress and I just get under the blanket. And that blanket now has been thrown across the room. Um, In one case, I woke up and one whole side of my body on the side, my my boxers were kind of pulled down on one side, like enough to where it went over an ass cheek, you know, and... When that type of stuff starts to occur, that's when true terror starts to really happen. To and then it seems like, boom, overnight, nothing happens. You know, it's it gets intense for a while, and then it will slowly build up. And then there's other times, man, where I'm woke up, the room's freezing cold, I can see my fucking breath, and all of my doors are slamming open and shut. Boom, 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 boom. And it's repetitive. <laughs> You know, there's there's times that it's knocks a three, there's times that it's just a loud kaboom, like, I came into the house before, and there's a reason why I look for the stuff the way I do, and it's, you know, when I lived in Aurora, we were in a really nice subdivision, but it was just outside of a, a crime-ridden area, so naturally, you're going to think it's somebody trying to break into your house, or somebody has broken into your house, and We've all seen that classic story. It's, you know, it's, it's nothing but wind banging up or old pipes. This house was newer, you know. There, there's no reason those pipes should be old enough to make that type of noise. And then you grab it and you rattle it. And you're like, well, that's not the noise that I heard. And the knocks is what gets me. It's, you know, there's loud, violent ones where it's like, boom, boom, boom. And then there's other times where it's just like tap, tap, tap and it's always above my head, and it's like water dripping, but it's like somebody tapping on my rock, Just tap, tap. And it, it fucking drives me nuts, and it, it knows that it's driving me nuts, and then it jumps up to that point where I'm all revved up about it, like, let's fucking party, and nothing. It's like it, it feeds on fucking with me, like, this. It knows how to get under my skin, if I can say that.
0: Yeah, it knows what it can get away with in that particular moment, so to say.
1: Right. You know, and it wasn't the fucking basement, okay? That's where the smell would originate, but it, it moved throughout the house more than it was combined. But that one back corner in that room, there was something about that area that was just dark. And if you look in all the videos, all of the shit that I have in my basement, you would think that you would move it away from the front door and towards the back of the, the basement, just because it's out of sight, out of mind. That's the stuff that you store: your Christmas decorations, old pictures, you know, shit that you've kept from, um, you know, growing up, and just, you know, just random little things that you just don't put out. You, you acquire things over a lifetime, and the stuff that you carry with you. If you look at all of my videos. Everything that I had down there was really close to the door. Didn't care who saw it because I'm not going back there. So anything that I would have had back there, I moved towards the door because I knew at one point I'm going to leave this house. It's, it was bad enough to where we had long discussions about packing up and moving. okay. And I, I put everything within an arm's reach because there's No fucking way. When we moved, my wife came to Arizona a whole month before I did. And it was what gave me hope is it was so intense that I really had hopes that if I could make it out of here, Jared, if you can make it out of here, it's going to be good. We're going to be able to lead it because it was so much more intense leading up to when I moved out. It was, it was unlike anything that I've experienced, like just the feeling that it had and it knew that I was going to have a hard time getting anybody to help me move. And I can't tell you that it took me every fucking day to try to fill a box. Four days before I moved, the pod that moved us to Arizona, you put it in this box they lock it up, they pick it up, and they put it in this you know, storage unit, and then they ship it out to you, okay? So when you're ready for it. I waited three to four days before I started moving, and the night before I was leaving is when I filled that pod and got the fuck out of there. I left the day before. It was so bad. No one would come help me, and the people who did come and help me was very short, and there was only certain things they would do. I had to have everything packed and put in front of my garage door so they could grab it and put it in the box. They didn't come into the house. Like everyone made it abundantly fucking clear to me and my family and friends. We will not go into your house and help you pack it up. You need to have it packed, set by the door, anything outside of that, you have to take care of man. And a lot of the time I ended up doing it by myself anyway, because all the big stuff I was going to need help with, I dragged to the front of the house. Because that was the stuff that we, I needed to help dig it in there. My couch, any entertainment center, I didn't take much of anything. A lot of it, I was giving it away, trying to get out of there. But that last night, the night that I left, was one of the scariest nights I've ever had in my life. You know, and you, you always check to see if it's some person. Because the moment you're not, it's... It's going to be when some pervert's down in your basement, you know, ready to skin you alive or something. You always have that feeling. But there was one night I came in here, okay, and for people who haven't seen the video out there, I have a staircase that goes up a couple steps there's it's a landing and then it goes back up the steps, you know, and there's it goes right up to the top of the upper level of my house. Well, I'm sitting there and... I never really looked to where my roof access was, the attic. I hear this loud, weird noise. It sounded like something scraping. So I walked down the hallway, and we live right by the border, and there's a lot of people coming in and out of our border right now. And the, the crime in Tucson is, is pretty intense. So I, I'm seriously walking down the house, half scared that it could be somebody moving in. Break-ins in my neighborhood have happened, and we live in a very nice neighborhood. So immediately, I was like, that, that wasn't like normal sounds. So I I literally am walking through the house panicking, like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck up? And I looked up in the hallway, and there was a hole in the wall. That's where my attic was, but the sheetrock was cut out into a square that laid down on top of the frame that was framed out around the attic. And again, I I never really paid attention. I don't look for that stuff. Well, that sheetrock was pulled through the frame to where it was, like, wedged in between the frame of the opening. And, the you know, the trim that was going out, you have to pull that down to make that happen. So I'm looking at it like, Oh fuck, someone broke in and got up there. But the problem is, is we have 10 foot ceilings, you know, and you would need a fucking ladder to get up there. Well, I left it and then my wife came home. She's like, were you in the fucking attic? And I'm like, you know, honey, like there's no way somebody got up there, but I heard this weird fucking noise after a loud bang. So I went and looked, and when I came back down the hallway, I looked up, and I saw that. I said I didn't even know that's where it fucking was. So eventually we borrowed the ladder from my in-laws, and I got up in there. I had to break that fucking door to get it out of the hole. And the way it was jammed down, the only way that I could logically think that that would happen is somebody was in my attic and pushed it down to get it to wedge in that fucking opening the way it did. And I was paranoid and I went up there and you know in Arizona summer times are fucking hot and the hottest part of your house is gonna be your attic. Oh
0: yeah. So yeah, I bro, knew
1: it's, it's brutal. I would hear it. Yeah. I would hear them trying to get out of the attic or they would die up there. So half of me when I got the ladder to go up there, I literally had to break that sheetrock door to pull the rest of the fucking door down through to get that. We had to have a handyman come in. Speckled the goddamn crane on it, knocked down some texture on it, and put up a new door in there and just sets it back down on the frame. There was nothing up there. There's no way somebody would be small enough to, to go through the crack of how that door was sitting in that frame to get up in there. And if they did get there, I would have heard them come through because they'd had to break that sheetrock just like I did to get that fucking thing out of there. I was pushing on it, pulling on it, and finally I pushed on it just enough, it snapped. So that whole time I was telling my wife, I was like, if somebody did get in, they're going to have to make a lot of noise, and I'm ready. You know, I have the gun, and I don't like guns, and I'm sitting there in my room just fucking waiting. What?
0: Oh, I'm just listening to
1: you. (laughs) Uh, I thought you said something. No, just listening Um, to you. (laughs) Dude. So... You know, the anxiety, I went and got a kitchen chair and I set it in my room and I put it inside my room to where I was by the pillow of my bed and I had a straight shot down the fucking hallway. And I sat there and I held that gun. Like, I I dare somebody to get out. And like I said, my wife seen it and she was just like, oh my god, somebody broke in. I was like, honey, can you tell me how that person up there would have got through that little hole with the sheetrock blocking? And that's that led off into a whole fucking journey that made me stop recording. What?
0: Oh, just listening to you, man. <laughs> you're telling the story. Do you, not,
1: do you not hear that cutting in? No, no. You, you didn't hear anything? No. It sounds like you're saying something, like an echo.
0: <laughs> no. No, when I'm listening to you, I got the mute, uh, mic on mute. So.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: You never know. No, I'm. I'm
1: not kidding. Fuck recording. At this point, you're. You're really not saying anything.
0: No, no, just telling the dog over here to relax a little bit. But you know, that's what the mic muted.
1: And you were on mute.
0: Yeah, I had the mic on mute, and I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll go to bed here in a minute. Just calm down.
1: <laughs> oh man, we gotta fucking press. You gotta review this. What, how long have we been talking? Hold on.
0: Eh, a little over 1 hour time. 6 minutes. Yep, we're we're getting to the point where we're going to end this session here in a few minutes. So, yeah, we'll definitely check back, you know, let people know if they hear something. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But there's some other well, stuff I would that happened like ramping up. You, you know, you told me this and there's no video evidence of this. So, people don't know, but when you left that uh, your old house, you said, you know, you moved everything out, you made one sweep through the whole house to make sure you didn't forget anything. Locked it up. Get in your car. You turn around, and and something's staring at you through the window.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to tell people. (laughs) You know, like that's what gave me hope. Moving, dude. Like, it it felt like it was saying goodbye. Like, I'm here, (laughs) and everything was out of the house.
0: Or was pissed that you were leaving. You know, you can look at it. You know, in a number of different ways.
1: I left in a hurry that night. A very fast 30. That was it. Packed it up. Got the rest done. Left some stuff behind that needed to be thrown away. Got charged for it. And I got the fuck out. And I looked over in that front bedroom and the light was on. I know I left all the lights off. Because I'm not paying for the electricity to be on 24-7. You know, and a light. And for people to look in the fucking room. So my curtains were shut. You know, and I had those wood shades. Everything was shut down. I don't want people seeing that the house is empty and fucking somebody breaking in and squatting on me. That's that's incredibly expensive and just bad setting. I didn't go back in the house to shut the shades because it was a a big, tall figure, taller than the window, just standing back in the room looking right out at me. You know, and that's the type of story, you know, the shit that happens that people are like, oh, well, that sounds like a horror video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, where do you think these people get the idea for
0: it? that's the type of stuff that nightmares are made of man and other people have like witnessed some of these events Like we talked about how Devin was talking to you on FaceTime and you had a uh, seizure and passed out and your phone hit the floor and then he swears to God that some kind of shadow face bent over the phone smiled at him and then the phone cut out you know and that uh, traumatized him to this day yeah, he still has you know, you know, flashbacks of that, it freaks him out. When I talk to him, I talk to him all the time, and every now and then that does come up.
1: When that first happened, it was after my accident, if you remember, and that's when I started having the seizures. Yeah,
0: and I mean, we do so these podcasts it was right around that time. Yeah, we do these podcasts so everybody can get the full story from you because you you can't get the full story from just watching the the YouTube videos. You get the visualizations, you get to see some of the horror side of things, but you don't get the full story unless you listen to the podcast.
1: It's the only way you're going to get it. If you really want to feel and die deep in my mind and we're giving reference to the possession side, this is for all of you out there that are saying it's demonic. The only alternative to get rid of this thing is to to have it exercise, but it, it never takes possession. And like I was saying, when I looked back at the house and it was standing there looking at me and it was, it was depth, you know, it it didn't look like it was standing right up at the window. It was in the room staring at me and I'm finally like, yes, it's gone. And I bounced around and when I moved here, it wasn't until I parked for a little while that I realized it wasn't saying goodbye. It was letting me know that it was there and not to stay. And that's how it's changed. And that's why I've stopped publishing videos. It really is. It's, I've got to go through a period of time where I can't acknowledge it and post on it and, you know, constantly try to document it. Because it, it leads into nothing but fucking problems for me. And I don't know. You guys wanted to know how it felt going over the exorcism thing. I'm relating it to my story. Whether I'm possessed or not, you're giving you the facts that we've been able to obtain. And I'm, I'm trying to relate my scenario with it, not only for educational purposes, purposes on my end, because it's helped for me to you know try to itemize it out. And, and guys, I'm, I hate to spoil it for you. I can find a reason that any of the stuff that I have mentally is happening. I, I really can. But it's clear as day to the sign of some of this why people think that it's a demonic entity it's definitely following there's just no way i'm lucky enough to have three haunted houses <laughs> you know? that, that's, that's out of the question now
0: and people do and uh, just, people do find stuff in those videos that we don't always see like the last video the picture in picture where it actually chased you out of the house people swear that they've heard voices like right around where the uh, downstairs
1: camera was placed yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. It's it's throughout the whole house, man. And I don't think it's just one at this point now. I and I think that it comes in various different forms. I, I really do. Whatever it's gonna poke at my brain. Like as it's a, a small child or a giant figure, it's it's not consistent enough. Like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do, we're at that hour mark.
0: Yep. Yeah, how do you, uh, one last question here and then we'll like wrap it up. But I mean, how do you think, let's say that somebody did come in to do an exorcism. How do you think like the rituals are going to affect the intensity of like what's going on? Cause it seems like from all the movies that I've watched, as soon as that process begins, the the activity intensifies.
1: I can't survive much worse. it get me. It would emotionally turn me down. It has. And I fight suicidal thoughts a lot. And I hate to admit that. But I'm in my safe place now. (laughs) Talking about it definitely does help. It's kind of like a medicine for me. It masks a lot. There's a certain time I can talk about it. I'm getting to that point right now. You know. I I couldn't handle it. I, I would block it out. I wouldn't be accepting of it i think the other back that somebody praying over me and doing the the standard stuff and i think i'd lose my shit I, I really would i would think of it as it's you know they're mocking me and that's to be honest with you that's why i haven't done anything that well i've been I've inquired about it I've had long sit downs and had people pray over me and i just had to leave at that point it's like you know they're they're spitting verses at me and I'm looking at it like we're not in the fucking garage, you're not a rapper. Kinda of like that. That's you, you hear these kids at parties when you're growing up and they all thought that they were Eminem and they're and they're out in little circles doing rap things and I'm like, Hey, that's that's their thing, that's what they're good at, that's their niche. But it was just something I would look at and be like, Oh this is I'm <laughs> You know. And I, I get that feeling when I get prayed over. I really do. And there's certain times that I've met people that are like, Oh, I, I took you to my prayer group and we prayed. And I'm telling you, there was certain nights that it was just unfucking bearable, unbearable. And it was, I could directly relate it to when they were at you no know, church or temple or whatever it was. And they, they might have been praying at that exact time. And I got irritated and thank God, dude, that I was, you know, alone. I, have a wife but there's times that we don't see each other for extended periods of time and I thank God of that because I don't want to drag my wife into any of this stuff because there's there's certain times that man it's like a a verbal battle and I'm screaming I'm yelling I'm throwing shit I I just lose my fucking mind out of nowhere and I've been able to make sure that I don't do that from the people that I love and it's I only let it get to me at that point point when it's just me and whatever it is
0: Mono-e-mono, mono, essentially.
1: Right. And, you know, I, I lose it. I, and I think that there's sometimes that I prevail over that. But to, uh, to be accepting and acceptable or accepting of, you know, somebody doing that over me, I just think that the other side of it is absolutely fucking ridiculous. I wouldn't be open to it nor would I allow it to happen. Because I'm afraid of what would happen. If it got any more intense than that and it really felt threatening, like, oh my God, dude, I don't... <laughs> and that's when I end up tied to a fucking bed getting a splash of holy water that's what I genuinely think like, mm-hmm. I, I think if you come and try to separate or stand in between it and me I, I'm afraid to see what would happen and I've done nine years of biting it off I don't need somebody to make it worse and it would make me feel like they're mocking me or try like do you really think I'm this fucking stupid and that scares me that I even feel that way because you would think that I would be open to it, but I'm not. 150% of my fucking body is not open to that. And that's a problem. And it wouldn't work anyway because I'm not fucking open to it. I don't buy into it. I don't know the prayers. I don't buy it. And that's scary. Because yeah. it's well documented throughout history that this, pe- this practice has been currently going on. And I'm telling you with 100% certainty, if you're really going through this and you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm fucking talking about. The last thing you want to do is make it any worse than it's already doing in life. And I am not ready to have that battle to where something's in me and I can't control it and I'm just pushed down. I've go through enough fucking pain as it is mentally, physically, you fucking name it, chances are I've been through it dealing with this shit. And for somebody to come in and it go into my body and fucking cause any more damage to me than it already has, I am not fucking open to that. No fucking way.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, quite the battle if that uh, situation ever presents itself.
1: But, it's presented itself, and I'm not doing it. No fucking way. No way. It's like an agreement that you it have almost that I won't fuck with you in that sense. You don't fuck with me. You want to keep playing emotional warfare. I can handle that. But the moment you see where it's inside of people... I watch the videos, I watch the fucking movies. If you think for one second that I would allow a priest to come in here and torment it for that to where it puts me out like that, you're out of your fucking mind. You're high. And I will say that with complete conviction. You're out of your fucking mind.
0: Well, with that being said, I think we'll end this session on a high note. Uh, keep them uh, People wanting more so they can tune in next week for the, uh, the fourth part where we dive into the uh, fourth stage of Possession.
1: So and unless, I'll release a little bit more because right now I'm fucking amped <laughs> like, up. I'm not kidding. I am fucking juiced up right now, and I'm just, I gotta stop.
0: <laughs> well, with that being said, unless you got something else, I'll uh, play us out, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll record again next week and go continue the story because it seems like people are enjoying it. So we're gonna keep making the content as long as people keep listening. Yeah, that, that's cool. I'm out. though.
1: I, I can't do this right
0: now. All right, man. We'll catch you later. Got it.
1: All right, bye-bye